Welcome back, sports fans. This week we have some good, some bad, some ugly, and some fantasy sports talk. I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe. I'm Mary Beth Smith, and somehow I've convinced these two to join a fantasy baseball league with me. And Hooli has already learned that there's a difference between closers and middle relievers. I mean, I used to play fantasy baseball, so I think I have a lot of knowledge that I can uh, bring to the table. Uh, did we get Mark Burley? I don't even know who that is. Oh. <laughs> Listeners, we've got good news and we've got bad news, and it's the same thing. Baseball is back! Yay! Obviously, we have... (laughs) I was saying boo-words. Obviously, we have mixed feelings (laughs) here on Sports Retorts with Hooli and the Joe. As you may know if you've listened to one half of one second of any podcast (laughs) we've done before, Hooli and myself, not big baseball fans. I think Hooli appreciates it more than I do, Mm -hmm. and I still respect it as America's pastime and blah, 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 all that stuff. 100-plus years, Abner Doubleday... Anyway, uh, Mary Beth, huge fan. Obviously, millions of Americans are as well. Very happy that opening day is here. So, Hooli and I wanted to take this opportunity to appreciate the sport a little bit more. And with Mary Beth as our guide, we have decided to co-co-co-manage a fantasy baseball team. Heck yeah. And I, I couldn't have been more overjoyed to see that this was Hooli's suggestion. I had the thoughts, but I didn't want to <laughs> pin you guys into a fantasy corner that you didn't want to be pinned into. So No, uh, no, no. Uh, no, pin us into that fantasy corner. Our <laughs> safe word is baseball's over. <laughs> but no, my, in all my I, safe word is balk. I was going to, we did want to learn. We did want to get more involved. We wanted to talk a little bit more about it. And this is exactly the amount of responsibility I wanted, which is one-third of a weekly set fantasy baseball league. You're good for about two days a week. That's it. (laughs) And that's already stretching it pretty thin. Pretty thin. Well, thinking of stretching it pretty thin, we... uh, (laughs) feel like we did a pretty good job of not doing that. <laughs> I think so, too, Holy. I uh, think that the first few rounds, we were really trying to focus on bats and starters. Good quality, no big risks. Yeah. Went for, you know, like, you, you weren't, you weren't going to take anyone that was like, oh, maybe they will, maybe they won't. We'll late for the Raider rounds to the gambles. So you two were our drafting contingent. We had the fourth uh, overall pick in the first round, 10-team league, so it was a snake draft. Yeah, how did we kick it off? So our first two picks, we took our hometown boy, Chris Bryant, as number one (laughs) after Mike Trout, Mookie Betts, and Clayton Kershaw had already been taken off the table. I felt pretty good about that being the top four. I don't yeah. think anyone would complain no. about those those first few picks. Then we went with 
former Toledo Mudhen, Max Scherzer. That's a homer pick for me. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he now plays in D.C., he was a Mudhen, once a Mudhen, always a Mudhen. And then we, we went back to me having the homer pick trophy and got, went with Freddie Freeman at the corner. I think he's the... He's going to be the first Brave in pretty much every draft. Maybe a Julio Tehran if we're looking at starting pitchers before uh, bat strength. But those are pretty much the Braves' biggest fantasy pieces. So it was exciting for me to be able to justify that pick. And for you, the Joe, we went with Andrew Miller. Love it. Cleveland's middle reliever. He'll come in. He'll be a setup guy. He might do a little bit of closing. That's kind of it for you on Homer Picks the Joe. Yes. MB, we went back a little bit for you as well, right? Mm-hmm. We went deep into the draft and got your boy. Dance B. Swanson is a guy who uh, Hooli rightfully talked me out of drafting when he was towards the top of our you know, ranked choices because he rightfully assumed he would still be around after another pass-through, and I, I got him for cheap in the 15th, especially as this will be a keeper league. He'll be a guy who, should he cash in on his, I believe, number one MLB prospect ranking, then will love his run production and maybe some steals in there, and we'll look for him only to grow from here for pretty cheap. Yeah. Speaking of pretty cheap, former Toledo Mudhead, Curtis Granderson was also picked up in the 22nd round. I feel great about that. We got Danny Valencia, who's a middle infield guy for Seattle. Pretty good at baseball, better known for his oranges. <laughs> uh, yeah, we have heir to the screwdriver fortune, Brandon Phillips, sitting on our bench, also an Atlanta Brave. Yeah, we got quite a few Atlanta Braves compared to only one <laughs> motorcycle and two Mudheads. And I think the Mudheads may have been accidental. <laughs> I, I don't think so. That Max Scherzer choice off top was, uh, you know, pretty on purpose. <laughs> Go, Hens. Looks like it's time for walk-ons. Right before we started recording this evening, the March Madness came to a close. I... I would argue that March Madness came to a close four days ago when March did, but <laughs> here we are, April 4th, watching the end of March Madness. Doesn't make sense to me, but what does make sense to me is that the UNC Tar Heels took it all. Growing up as a native South Carolinian, boy did I hear a lot about college basketball trickling its way across the border into South Carolina. And I stopped and realized... As UNC took the title, that it added to three titles that I knew of, South Carolina taking in the last year, and one that we then researched, North Carolina taking in the last year. Boys, are we looking at a Carolina dynasty? God, I hope not. I mean, no offense to your home state or anything, but like... <laughs> Uh, God, I feel like it's just like Myrtle Beach taking over. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, that's terrifying. Honestly, but you're absolutely right. This past year, we saw Clemson from South Carolina win the college football playoff. We, saw, we just saw University of North Carolina men's go ahead and take that title this past weekend. This past weekend, we also saw South Carolina women, the Gamecocks, 
took their NCAA tournament. MB headed into your favorite sport. Lacrosse. (laughs) (laughs) Got him. The University of North Carolina men's also took that. Um, so the, it's funny that you said that it felt like, um, Myrtle Beach moving in on everybody because Coastal Carolina is like straight up right next to Myrtle Beach. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> Who won the baseball championship for men's baseball? Exactly. So it, to me, this is really interesting. I'm not used to that kind of, you know, greatness trickling into the Carolinas. Sure, UNC and Duke have their own set of, you know, titles. South Carolina has had a lot of, University of South Carolina uh, has had a lot of baseball success over the last few years. I mean, the University of South Carolina was in both Final Fours. Yeah, yeah. When's the last yeah. time that happened? Last year, MB Syracuse did this same feat last year. You humans are the worst. But it doesn't happen for South Carolina. <laughs> no, nothing good happens for South Carolina. No! The only good thing that happened for South Carolina was Stephen Colbert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've, uh, I mean, if you want to go to uh, USC but not that USC, (laughs) the University of South Carolina is for you. Yeah, if you want to watch collegiate men's basketball in North Carolina, but not the Final Four because it had to move out of North Carolina because of the House Bill 2, then yeah, University of North Carolina is for you. That's real, dude. My alma mater got some of the NCAA championship games as a small liberal arts college because they were just looking for more venues in South Carolina because they moved it out of North Carolina. Oh, wow. Well, great. Yeah. That's real. Good. NFL teams are always moving, and the Raiders are no exception. Recently signing a deal to go from Oakland to Las Vegas, putting the first professional sports team in Sin City. Is it a good idea? Is it a bad idea? It's an idea, and like all the owners got paid off it, so no one's pretty mad at it. <laughs> Only one owner voted against the move. Owner of the Miami Dolphins. Oh, really? Yeah. Ross didn't want to do that? Ross did not want to do that, said, hey, all these communities put a lot of time and money into these teams. We shouldn't just be, like, moving them around. And everyone was like, nah. Uh, although, I mean, we can and we can dig into this in a second. Mark Davis's situation is different than that of, say, Dean Spanos. Or Sure, Mark Davis was raised in a weird lab somewhere. <laughs> Have you seen this guy? Yeah. We'll We'll put him in the burn box later. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's approved. Uh, In two years, they will be the Las Vegas Raiders. The question is, where do they go now? This is like breaking up with your girlfriend and saying, hey, but I'm going to, let's re-up the lease. (laughs) So, yeah, are they going to be in Oakland at the Coliseum? It certainly doesn't sound like it. There has been... Uh, offers from local smaller stadiums, talk of maybe going to San Antonio for two years. So we'll really see how they navigate this whole mess. I mean, 16 away games? Ha. (laughs) 
We played 32 straight away games <laughs> just to move to Las Vegas. Yeah. We went 2 and 30. <laughs> we played the Browns twice. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, Joe so put I mean, himself in the burn box uh, a little early. What I learned in middle school is if you make fun of yourself, you take away the opportunity for others to do so. So... That was real. That was real. Said like a true Clevelander. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's just been a, a wild and crazy time for a lot of teams moving. Yeah. Uh, you know, Rams going to L.A., Chargers going to L.A. That stadium looks dope. Yes. Like the the whatever the pictures, the plans that they released, it looks sick. Well, yeah, the Stan Cranky Stadium complex is like this whole, like, entertainment vision it's not mm. just a football stadium like there's like a little town attached to it yeah and the of idea is. is just to make money 365 days a year they're flying in water from the carolinas in hopes that they will drink it and then win <laughs> tell them to make sure they didn't get it from bathrooms <laughs> for some reason that just seems like a note it was the it was the wrong one yeah more than anything, just to avoid confusion. Cam just they're obviously very delicate about such things. Cam asked if he could have a little bit. Not much, just a dab. <laughs> Hello. But yeah, Sin City Raiders. Just Sin, baby. Ugh. All right. It was worth a shot. Um, I just don't like it. The, the stadium deal that the, the, Raider, the Raiders have struck with the city of Las Vegas, there has been no deal for any stadium in which the taxpayers have paid more money. Wow. Really? They are going to pay $750 million Boom. in public commitment like, to the stadium. Like, of all time, there's never yes. been a bigger deal. Yes. Yikes. This is the second most expensive stadium. The only one more, ex the only ones, excuse me, more expensive are the LA Stadium and the New York, New Jersey Complex what makes oh, yeah. the Raiders stadium different than both of those is those te those uh <laughs> those stadiums both host two teams mm. uh the Jets and the Giants and the Rams and the Chargers and this is just the Raiders oh man Vegas babe but like this is going to be like the first team that'll be too big to fail <laughs> <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they're fucking cashing in all the chips. They're betting everything on black. They're having another gambling analogy, and it <laughs> may or may not pay off. Like, oh, it has to it's pay off. Absolutely going to pay off. Carrot top at halftime. Celine Dion <laughs> at halftime. The fucking get Britney out there, man. It's Britney, bitch. Having Cirque du, Soleil, Cirque du Soleil coming off the goalposts. It'll be, I mean, you can recruit one of the kickers like Kathy Ireland via Necessary Roughness. I see nothing but wins here. I, I wouldn't be surprised if a couple years in they just become the Vegas Tigers so they can get Siegfried and Roy in on the fun. <laughs> like, honestly, that why shouldn't they do great? What free agent doesn't want to go to Vegas. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll live in Vegas for a little bit. Especially with the uh, rumors of a uh, entertainment facility being built nearby the stadium. Yes. So, so some of you listeners may have seen or been aware of a show, I believe it's on HBO. I think it's called, like, 
the Bunny Ranch or something like that. Anyway, there prostitution is legal in some parts of Nevada, not Las Vegas proper, but the surrounding areas, 60, 70 miles out. And there's an owner, Don Hoff, who who owns the Bunny Ranch, like the infamous facility, and, and I think six other houses of pleasure, as he calls them, or something like that. And he's opening a seventh Raiders-themed brothel called The Pirate's Booty. Oh. Uh, he said it's going to be football themed, that there's going to be a special VIP section for Raiders players and staff and trainers. So, Cooley rightfully tried to take a, uh, see the, the bright side of this and see it as like sanctioned sex work that could be more positive than some alternatives. And I really uh, applaud you for that because that's not a way that I wanted to instinctively think about it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a totally valid point of conversation. Thank you. My contribution to this conversation that I I didn't uh, bring up earlier is that the Raiders and and framing this around like a pirate's booty thing... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm is so rapey that we're already starting from a place of it being In negative. kind of yes. yes i was going to say we're already starting in the red uh, so yeah yeah it 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 there's just i think about that sometimes when i think about the raiders as a mascot or or even pirates yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i think about the implications of um of or vikings like there's so many um problematic shall we say uh mascots who are based in warriors who fucking pillaged and raped and framing something around that mascot that's already got this element of rape culture like just innate in it is just seems like the worst way to start from the it's, worst place to start from. It does. It it seems like a terrible place to start. I mean, if it were a it, if it were a different team, would would it be as much of a problem? Had the Chargers gone to L.A. and not the Raiders, and it would have been some sort of electrocution. Electric themed, yeah. Like if it was a and, and, green and brothel. Yeah, I, guess. I mean the joke I made earlier. If they become the tigers and it's just like the den or whatever, the cat house. The, the the cat house. Yeah, then you don't have as and and that's even got all these pussy puns. Yeah, like, you, you don't have as much of a built in collar shrug, like collar pull of like. Yeah, I guess I I didn't think about it until you put it that way. Yeah, because the, there's there's multiple layers to it. Like if like the if the New England Patriots moved to Las Vegas and like they were wearing like revolutionary war gear, like that's different. That doesn't feel as bad. Sure. However, I think there's still a level of like tackiness to like basing anything on like your whole business on a local sports team. Oh, absolutely. Like that, and that was what I brought up uh, yes. pre pre yes. conversation here because that was my first thought. So yes. please. Oh, but no, and 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 it's just weird, yeah, that it's like a violent sport 
and it's one of the points that you did bring up is that like apparently according to Don Hoff that the 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 workers are going to be in these this cheerleader gear and garb and like that's part of the theme meanwhile as we've talked about before like real cheerleaders get paid dog shit and don't get the respect or or uh, money or yeah the the compensation that they deserve for the the amount of time that they put in and how apparently integral they are to to the fans game day experience but they, they aren't compensated as such there are so many different ways that this just doesn't feel good it just seems like just one more cash grab in a way that takes advantage of people isn't that the most vegas thing ever for sure yeah i mean no arguments here it makes perfect sense that someone's doing this sure and like if i mean i'm going to ass- i'm i'm going to assume that this place is operating under the pretext that all of the girls want to work there sure where that is yeah. that is going to go without saying i think this is america let's hope that that's what's happening sure and if that is what's happening like yeah they opened a shitty like Myrtle Beach version of what everyone else is doing, like because it's cheesy and it's Raider themed and it absolutely has the negative connotations of the the raping and the pillaging that was spoke of earlier. But and and such just an aggressive like team, like the team and patch, their yeah. and yeah. their fans have always had an air of aggression. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. I think one of the I, more so than almost any other team I can think of off the top of my head. Right. Yeah. I, I'm just looking forward to when Mark Davis can finally prove that he's 18, <laughs> and he can go into said establishment. We put in Mark Davis in the hot box. I, well, <laughs> not that one. He's got to get his ID first. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's time to start burning Mark Davis a little bit for the fans. If you have not seen Mark Davis, whatever you're doing right now, pull out your phone, pull up a tab, Google image search. Of Mark Davis. Who is? Who is the son of Al Davis, longtime owner of the Raiders. So now Mark Davis is the owner of the Raiders. And just start looking through pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. There's so many different ways to describe him. I'm so glad we have this opportunity to put him in the burn box. He, He might be a nice guy. I've never met him, never talked with him. Might be a shit guy. I don't know. But he is an adult man in his 50s who gets a gets a child's haircut from the 1920s. He he it look if you've ever seen Tropic Thunder and the wig that they give <laughs> to Ben Stiller when he has to perform Simple Jack he is exactly straight that haircut. Yeah. Looks like Simple Jack. I mean, yeah, he got the Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> look. He, he, like he's got so just such a, a choice. Like I would want to say that it's a bowl cut, but it's not even enough to be a bowl cut. No, it's a bowl cut. It's like a bowl cut with bangs and a mullet somehow. Yeah, if you if you've ever had a five year old niece who's tried to cut her own bangs, this is what it ends up looking like. Or but this is a uh, Google image of someone who put him next oh, to Lloyd Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean. He looks like a, a jack-o'-lantern with uh, ginger pubes on top of his face. But not like, this isn't like October 20th jack-o'-lantern. This is like November 15th jack-o'-lantern. Yeah. He looks like Uncle Fester when he tried to dress like a normal person in the second Adams Family movie. <laughs> he looks like the Danny DeVino version twin of Donald Trump. 
Oh my god. That is so funny and accurate. <laughs> I mean, if if you get a chance, try to look up Uncle Fester from uh yeah. uh yeah. I'll do it. Um he is a white sport coat away and a very rich widow to be near his side. I mean, this haircut is so bad. It looks like what would happen if a scarecrow came to life and said, kill me. <laughs> Mark Davis looks like if a guy was stranded on a tropical island for 10 months and dressed up a coconut to fuck. <laughs> that this is what it would turn out to be. The personification of said coconut. Uh, also, he's worth like $4 billion, so fuck us, right? Yeah. Yeah, fuck us forever, but for real, he does look straight up just like Uncle Fester. <laughs> like Adam's friendly too. I'm going to hell for this line. I think Al Davis has a better haircut today than Mark Davis has. <laughs> His ass is a corpse in the ground. <laughs> The good, the bad, the ugly, To close it out this week, we have each formulated our own set of good, bad, uglies for the week in sports. Um, so these are news stories and happenings around different leagues that we saw as uh, a good thing that happened in sports this week, a bad thing that happened in sports this week, and a wild card, yikes, what is going on, ugly. Do you want to start us off? With some WrestleMania takes? Yeah, absolutely. I got a couple of hot mania takes. The yeah, first, give us your hot undertakes. The, well, okay. The first, I'm going to start with the good, and the good is going to be the Ric Flair statue that was unveiled recently. Woo! To be the man, you got to sculpt the man. Talking about having that long feathered hair, big robe, huge pecs popping out, no biscuit on his wrist. And may I also add, a pretty well-packed underoo. Space Mountain was in full effect. That is absolutely correct. So that is going to be the good, is that Ric Flair statue, which looked fantastic. The bad from WrestleMania is going to be the Undertaker retirement. Jim Ross came back to call the match, which was actually pretty huge. He had just said goodbye to his wife, Jan, after a number of years. She passed away recently, so that was very sad. But the match itself between Roman Reigns and Undertaker was just trash. And then the retirement after was expected, so we're going to call that bad that Undertaker had to retire and that Roman's main match was awful. But the mm. ugly came when John Cena proposed mid-ring, mid-match. It was just... Every woman's dream of being proposed to in front of 50,000 people by a sweaty, shirtless man. It's also just like they don't even get they never get to have a relationship on a non-public level. No, exactly. And that's the like I'm, maybe if that's your thing, if you're like into voyeurism and you want everyone to watch you. But y you would think something a little more personal, something a little more. But it feels like it sets the precedent that the relationship is like part Partly the fans. Yes. 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 Like and that's what I don't like. And about that's it. what's ugly about yeah. it. Is yeah. Is that they don't have anything to themselves that they're now going to be almost expected to share honeymoon photos or anything else. Like 
uh, things of their lives that they should be able to watch or keep private, they can't. Yeah, it's ugly to me to think about whoever is orchestrating these events encouraging them to do something like that. Yeah. Because it seems like it wouldn't be their choice, no. you know? It's like the Bachelor of the WWE. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if it was if it was his idea and a surprise or if, like, there was somebody, like, waiting, like, all right, remember, like, when he drops to the knees, like, play his theme music. Right, exactly. <laughs> it just feels... But, like, the, the crazy part was, like, he's on one knee and he's got the thing and he pulls the ring out. And how does she know when there's just a floating ring box there? Because she can't see him. <laughs> That's so my good, bad, ugly. <laughs> yes. I mean, what do you got for us? <laughs> well, focus on women's sports. Uh, so in good news, the U.S. women's hockey team went on strike in the last couple of weeks and demanded that uh, attention to be paid to the uh, pay disparation between their team and the men's team and it worked they got paid i don't have the exact details in front of me but it was so encouraging to see the women's hockey team take this stance the men's hockey team following their footsteps in solidarity and as a result of these conversations or perhaps just running uh, coinciding with this, the U.S. women's national soccer team spent five hours deliberating in court yesterday, wow. still working on trying to get their pay up. So it's cool to see the women's hockey team taking matters into their own hands, it literally paying off, and seeing soccer uh, try to follow suit. So, But that's uh, yet to be seen. The bad is that we watched a f- a crumbling of an uh, unmatched collegiate stronghold across the board. The Yukon ladies lost. Mm. That's the news story. Mm. They lost. That's it. That's bad. It was the first time that it happened in 111 games. Before that, I believe they had a streak of... 46 games, so they had one loss interrupting 157 wins, and they lost it to get to the uh, finals for champion for NCAA basketball for women's this year. So UConn dropping to a vastly underdogged Mississippi State. When these two teams met last year in the Sweet 16, UConn took the match by over 60 points. One year later, Mississippi State takes it to OT. They see their star forward take the ball in the final seconds of a tied game and just put it up in, and by God, it was beautiful. Morgan William took it to the net, made it happen, I cannot fathom the like sense of accomplishment that would follow, but they didn't even win at all. They saw the South Carolina Gamecocks take the finals after they had overcome seemingly their biggest opponent. They still watched the Lady Gamecocks take it all to bring glory back to the Carolinas or something <laughs> like that. And in the ugly portion of my report, I am giving it up for Lexi Thompson. 
an LPGA Tour standout in the ANA Inspiration this weekend, which is the first LPGA major of the year. Lexi was docked four penalty strokes on Sunday for misplacing a ball on the green on Saturday. And the real issue here is not just that that happened. 22-year-old Thompson was on the ninth hole on Sunday when the LPGA got an email from a fan reporting that Thompson had mismarked her ball on the 17th hole on Saturday, misplacing it by at most an inch, something that I'm sure if you really poured over PGA Tour and LPGA Tour golfers happens... It, it has to happen more than it's being like pointed out by mm-hmm. fans who are watching the game. And and the LPGA penalized her those strokes, two, for incorrect ball placement, as is the ruling, mm-hmm. and two, for signing an incorrect scorecard because she was not docked those two strokes for ball placement. Yeah, so she turned in a card with 67, and they said it should have been 69 because of these two penalty strokes that we just gave you. So because of that, we're giving you another two penalty strokes. An absolutely insane ruling, if you ask me. That is bananas. The fact that they can penalize you for non-retroactive call. It's just, yeah. it's narballs. That's beyond ugly. Yeah. I believe it was the Joe who pointed out that it was just like when you overdraft from your bank and they start docking you fees, yeah. so you keep overdrafting. Yeah, It's Thompson understandably teed off on the 13th hole on Sunday after she had been given this news in tears. Uh, what had been a two-stroke tournament lead was now a two-stroke deficit. Just like that. Uh, She forced, uh, she birdied on 18 to force a playoff, and she still lost. So not only did the ruling cost her her second major win and the difference between, but also the difference between first and second place was more than $150,000. Ugh. All because that asshole in the back of class told teacher they forgot to assign homework. And exactly. to me, it reads so much as, God, this woman did something wrong, and I have yeah, to report yeah, it. Yeah. Like, it just feels so pointedly about yeah. that a woman made a mistake. Unless you're the parents of the winner, the woman who eventually won, unless you're her parents and you emailed, go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah it's just astronomical to me and maybe they didn't realize that there would then be a second two-stroke penalty involved it it just man it just reeks of ugly yeah the lpga president i believe it was came out and said like this felt bad to do but my choice was to either assess the penalty or ignore the infraction that was brought to my attention and she's like i couldn't i couldn't do that sure and it it if this kind of thing happened where baseball was concerned, uh, baseball is so pedantic that they would then probably write a rule that, like, if they overturned some other ruling, it wouldn't then put into place this rule that she signed an incorrect scorecard or whatever. Yeah. Hopefully the LPGA will 
do something about this. Yeah, yeah. that's that just feels. All right, the Joe. What uh, what do you got for us? I'm here to talk about legacies. Oh, mm. so my good legacy is nine months after Iceland's historic victory over England in the World Cup. Huge. They have seen a record amount of babies being born in hospitals. Oh, Uh, everyone scored. The weekend of March 25th, 26th saw the highest ever amount of epidurals administered to patients in Icelandic hospitals. The World Cup victory was, of course, at the end of June 2016. So now at the end of March 2017, who knew it? Iceland celebrating births. I think it was like almost nine months and a day. Yes. Like it was so funny. That like that trackable. Yes. That is so funny. Celebration. Good. Whole country had the highest amount of epidurals administered in birds. That is hilarious. It was a a record weekend. It was the feel good story of the World Cup. They weren't supposed to do anything. Oh, uh, well. So funny. Yeah. And uh, Iceland just kept feeling good after. Did a couple of things. So that's my good. My bad for legacy is the Detroit Red Wings did Ugh. not make the playoffs this year, breaking the longest active streak in U.S. sports. The Red Wings have made the NHL playoffs for 25 years. That streak can rent a car. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, so the the longest active streak now falls to the San Antonio Spurs, which is at 20 or 21. You'd think if I was uh, part of a sports show, I would research that fact. It's one of those two, I think. So look it up. I'm not doing everything for you. So that <laughs> that is my bad legacy, uh, seeing that amazing streak come to an end. Uh, sorry, Red Wings. I have no affiliation to sports. Uh, no affiliation to sports. So I meant to say... Freudian. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say hockey. Do you know how many Freudians it takes to screw in a light bulb? Your mom. Two. One to one to screw in the light bulb and the other to fuck my mom. I mean hold the ladder. <laughs> <laughs> I meant hold the ladder. So uh do you have a hockey team, Hooli? Uh I kind of the wings, I guess. Oh, okay. I work I worked in a wings bar in college. I work in a Blackhawks bar now. Buffalo Wild Wings? Yeah, Buffalo Wild Wings. Nice. I'll put on any hockey jersey that will get me more money. That seems super fair. Uh, and I know uh, NB, uh, uh Pengies fan. Fingies for Pengies. Fingies for Pengies. And I'm none of them, so I'll root for your teams. Hooray. My ugly, we started with the good of Ric Flair's statue. I'm going to end with an ugly statue. Portuguese footballer Cristiano Ronaldo had a bust unveiled at a Portuguese airport that was being named after him. So this was obviously a very big thing for Portugal and for Ronaldo getting getting a recognition in his home country, a small island actually off the coast of Morocco. See, I did do research for this one. And basically, this is the Mark Davis haircut of statues. <laughs> it looks like somebody who is not Cristiano Ronaldo finally farting after like getting out of 
like after dropping off his date and is like, finally, I can let this happen. He he's one of his eyes is cockeyed looking off into the distance. The other one staring straight into your soul with a half smile, a head and neck that whose proportions don't match any human being that have ever existed. Uh, a, a haircut that does not belong on any human being head, let alone Mr. Ronaldo. The sculptor has come out to say, I was told to make him look more jovial than he is. Sir, this is not uh, jovial. It is an abomination. He looks like a bronze-dipped sloth. <laughs> like from the Goonies? Yes. Yes. Like trying to wear Ryan Reynolds' haircut. <laughs> this looks like Ryan Reynolds uh, halfway into makeup for Deadpool. Uh, Jesus. I mean, push this thing into the ocean and start over. God. Like... If, Added if, to the gyre outside of California. It's if I, so bad. If I got off a plane and saw this thing, I would <laughs> try to climb back on the in via the wheel well to get out of this godforsaken place that time has forgotten. It's so the, it's the uh, epitome of you don't look like anything in your profile dating picture. <laughs> It, yeah. So Huli referenced this earlier, but someone photoshopped Ronaldo's face to actually look like the statue. <laughs> yeah. And it's a true, like, it looks like, you know, when you go into photo booth on your Mac and you can put in all those weird settings <laughs> to, and one of them pinches your face into one central point. That's what this shit looks like. There's also a fantastic Photoshop of uh, someone bronzing the other half of Harvey Dent's face, and it kind of does look like <laughs> oh the my statue. God, that is, oh, with like the cocked mouth. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that's fucking perfect. Uh, I was I read in an article that some people were saying that it that the statue resembles a striker from the Republic of Ireland, uh, Niall Quinn. Oh, which yeah. I don't think it looks like him, but he does make some similar faces yeah. where it looks like he's like he he might be farting but like he's aware that there might be something solid or liquid yeah. that's part yeah. of it where that's... he's like he's like oh i don't know if i should bet on this <laughs> but it something needs to happen down there like he makes these faces where it's like i don't know what emotion you're trying to tell me that you have like it's... either you're proud or you're hungry and you can't communicate. That's the Irish smile. <laughs> Have you seen my headshot? I mean, it's it's kind of what we do. No. It's like, why are you like, do you know something that I don't know? What are you smirking yeah. at? It, yeah, it looks like he just like threw a ball that he can tell is about to go through somebody's window. <laughs> Mary Beth just pulled up a picture of the Ronaldo statue <laughs> next to the uh, Yoshi from the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> movie. Uh, so he's got like the little Goomba pea head, and he's just trying to smile and show you how happy he is. I would say that that Yoshi is pretty jovial. <laughs> Next week, where we'll get into the NBA playoffs and how the Cavs will be there, but they might stumble across the finish line. I might actually get to go to a baseball game as opposed to the Tigers-Sox game that was rained out on Monday. 
Yeah, you'll you'll be uh you'll be keeping some eyes on our guy, Melky Cabrera and ooh oh wait what other team is there? No, he's dating Kate Upton. Furlander nailed it. Yeah, so did she. Hate that that's a reference point. Yeah, yeah. Well, here we are, baseball, and we'll we'll definitely definitely give you another fantasy minute or fantasy 20 minutes as we tried to give you (laughs) (laughs) you might be getting the shorter version in this episode so we'll definitely save you from the fantasy 20 minutes and make it much closer to a fantasy minute but if you want to see us tweeting updates i'm sure we'll get to that at Huli and the joe follow us on facebook.com slash Huli and the joe sports underscore retorts on instagram like us and review us on itunes or however you listen to podcasts that would mean a lot biggest thing that we can ask you as listeners of this good show and we'll be back next week no, we'll, no, we won't. <laughs> we'll be back next time. We'll be back. This has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.